Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kivowitz. What do you call a photo taken by a cat? A paw trait. Welcome to episode 107. My name is Scott Wyden-Kivowitz, and I'm joined by my guest, Kimberly Anderson. Kimberly Anderson is the voice behind Red Curl Creative, a copywriting service for photographers and wedding professionals. A reformed wedding photographer from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Kim hung up her camera after a 20-year run vowing never to eat saucy chicken on a Saturday again and dusted off her English degree. Now she's the voice behind Red Curl Creative, a done-for-you copywriting service, and she also teaches photographers and other wedding pros how to write more effectively on their websites, blogs, and social media with her course, Write Better Words, which we'll be talking about today. Uh, she believes very few people are terrible writers um, or as terrible writers as they think they are, and she helps them find the words to attract better clients. Um, now, um, Kimberly wrote her bio, um, which I basically just read to you and I kind of stumbled a little bit, but that's, you know, I've, I'm not the best reader, so it happens. Um, but you can tell she writes pretty well. So um, <laughs> if I read it better, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. We're not hiring yeah. you for your voiceover work. It's all right. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. I've always thought about getting to voiceover, though, because I feel like it'd be fun. Yeah. Don't you think it'd be kind of fun to do that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like like the people who do that probably have some of the most fun, like the bloopers and stuff are probably so much, so great to listen to. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what's going on with you, Kim? I'm, I'm glad to, that I got you on here. Um, yeah. We've got a lot to talk about. And so what's going on with you? Well, you know, I'm just living the dream over here in Milwaukee, Scott. Uh, <laughs> uh, teaching people how to write better words, uh, doing things for photographers and wedding pros, um, just basically trying to help people get over their fear of putting words down on virtual paper. That's kind of what I'm all about. Yeah, you know, uh, at Image, that we we always come up, you know, uh, have people come to us and say, like, well, you know, what what should I change this? Um, um, what should I change the, 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 the dummy content to and things like that? So we're going to get into topics about... Uh, this kind of stuff, uh, my, and uh, so let's just dive right in. Sure. Um, when it comes to writing the words on your photography sites, it's super important to get it right. But uh, getting it right isn't always that obvious. So can you talk a, a bit about what you uh, should think about when writing effective copy? Um, uh, I, I'm pretty sure you like to call this woo-woo work. It, it is the so. woo work. <laughs> you, got, you can't skip the woo. I say that all the time. Yeah. And and the woo woo work is that tapping into who exactly you're talking to. Um, I find a lot of times the people that are that struggle the most with copy on their website is they're they don't know who they're talking to. I mean, they know what kind of clients they want, but they haven't drilled down and they haven't done the hard work to figure out exactly who they want to appeal to. And there's a couple reasons for that. Sometimes it's um, they want to appeal to everyone, which is 
never a good idea and is just really dilutes your copy. Um, and sometimes it's, they're scared to make people go away. Like they, they want the opportunity to talk to everyone, which makes sense. But you know, there's, there's a fine line between repelling people you don't want and stating what you do. So the people who hire you are very clear about what you do. Yeah. You know, um, I, I kind of feel like, uh, in a way, um, and a pretty important way at that is if you're someone like me, that's a dad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and your your target market, maybe it's family portraits, but but maybe your target market is not the mom in the family, but actually the dad, right? right. Yeah. And maybe maybe your ideal client is a um, a very masculine dad, right? So your the words you write may not be lighter tone. They may not be on the on the more feminine fe- feminine side. It might be that you're writing in a way that um, really a uh, a very masculine dad would yeah, connect with for more, sure. Right? Like yeah, so, say if you had if you had that type of person and that was your ideal client or the people you worked with the most um you know something you know like military almost comes to mind with this what do they want they want the facts they want to know how long is this going to take how are you going to make this easy for me you know it's a very very different audience that you're writing to than the mom that wants the family portraits to hang on the walls you know i mean that dad is probably going to want to know what exactly should i wear you know he's going to have a lot of very uh, questions that are very drilled down and less esoteric than the mother. And, you know, if you're writing to the mother, he's not going to connect with that. You know, it's, it's funny. You brought up the mil- military thing. I've, I've never um, thought about military uh, families specifically being like a target audience, which obviously they totally can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure they are to many photographers. Yeah. But um, I, I write for military people. Oh, uh, do you? Okay. I, <laughs> yeah, because the, the way the way that you describe it, it's it's true. They're very matter of fact, yep. and um, and I, I I'm kind of that way as well. So I naturally tend to write um, way more than I need to to detail every aspect. Yes, yes, of things. Yeah, um, and <laughs> so, it's very common. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah, this is great already. Um, most most web designs, WordPress themes and whatnot, all come with some sort of dummy content, which I just mentioned a little earlier yeah. uh, in the show. Mm-hmm. It's a placeholder. I mean, Imagely themes, um, Photocrati themes, Profoto, Flow themes, they all come with these placeholder content for the site owners to then fill in with their own copy. Right. But people aren't bound to the paragraph here and there or the three bullet points they could add five bullet points right they can. they're not bound to that right yeah so can you talk about um your suggestions your thoughts about placeholder dummy content versus what photographers should be doing sure so this is something that is fascinating to me um just because you're creative and you're a great photographer doesn't mean that that translates into the written word and you can be creative in one part of your brain and not in the other. Um, way back when I was in photo school, I took a sketch course, you know, and I was so excited about this course because I thought, well, I'm a photographer, right? I, I'm artistic. I like to, I like to 
to take photos. I like to draw. I like, you know, I just assumed and I was terrible at it. Like I just, it was a completely different dimension for me. So going back to the, 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 the Laura Ibsen, when you open up a theme and you start typing into that theme, what's happening is if you are not used to writing a lot, your brain like shuts down. It sees, here's this little space. It's got room for four sentences and three bullet points. And that's what I have to put there. And that's not at all the case. Um, you know, I, you know, you're going to laugh at me for saying this, but themes lie to you when it comes to copy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you really need to write that stuff outside of your template. Um, I encourage people to write as much as they can in a Word doc or a Google doc, whatever you're happy with, write in chunks and then start moving those chunks into your website. And, you know, there might be parts that you don't use um, on, so say, on your homepage, like it's starting to be a little crowded, but you have this, this paragraph that you really like where you're explaining something. Well, that's great. Just move it to your FAQs. I mean, there's, there's lots of different ways you can do the copy and people get very um, drilled down into the fact that if I'm writing on the homepage, I've got these spots to fill and you do not have to. Right. That's so, it's so true. Uh, one thing that Imagely does um, is we actually fill in with actual, albeit they might be short, but we'll fill it in with like um, a, a short bio that's right. a made up okay. thing or, or you know, like, so like we won't use the actual like Laura Mimsmup, like okay. nonsense that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but still, it's still sort of the same thing where we're kind of telling you, um, you know, three lines is your paragraph when in reality it could be however long you want it, it to could be. be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It so, just really, um, it really stifles your creativity when you have to write inside yeah. the template. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I personally like to write in either uh, Google docs mm-hmm. uh, and use Grammarly inside of Google docs to help me, you know, pretty things up a bit um, or inside of Grammarly or inside of uh, Hemingway, which yeah. is also another, great great app um free or paid depending on what you want right um so speaking of google docs so for photographers who hate to type page copy blog content uh or any anything like that even social posts right that you don't actually go to facebook and type it you can type it in a google doc let's say in your draft yeah for people who hate the typing process um who more prefer things like talking to a human being. Can you share some <laughs> tips for alternative methods for for um, for writing content? Sure. Yeah, and this is again very common. Like people are like, I'm a terrible typist, or um, there's something really uh, weird to people that happens when they put those fingers on the keyboards if they're already scared of writing. Um, you know, it, I equate it to whenever I see an Excel spreadsheet, like the minute I see that spreadsheet, <laughs> I start to sweat because I don't understand those little, I don't understand how to make those columns work. I'm terrible at math. Like that part of my brain does not work. So well, you, you have, you, you have to be Jamie Swanson to really screen <laughs> over an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, she knows very well of my dislike of, uh, of, of spreadsheets and she will always say, you can put it in a doc if you want. I'm like, good. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, if, if that's the case with you, if that's really hard for you, then both word Google, they all have voice to type. 
it's it's free um you know and i use it quite often when i'm brainstorming like if i'm sitting around and i'm like i'm trying to think of blog topics and i'm just cruising around the internet and i'm looking at things and or i'm reading things i will just um you can open up a word doc put on your headphones if you want and just start talking what i do recommend though is you don't watch it as it transcribes onto the page because it will kind of yeah. mess you up. Um, it's, oh, yeah. it, the more you do it though, the more it gets to know your voice and your cadence and it'll get it, you know, 90% ish. Right. So this isn't for final copy, obviously, but it is a great place. Like if you just need to get it all out, you just need the blab, you can do it in your own documents and then go back and pull out the little parts that you want to say and refine them and type them out. Um, another great app is Otter AI. Um, I have an app, the app on my phone, and then it also is an online service where you can upload tr to transcripts. But if I am driving around or in the middle of the night, I have a good idea. Um, I just click on that and I talk right into my phone and it transcribes it. And then it also uploads it to the cloud. So I have another copy of it there. So um, I'm, I'm a weird one for waking up in the middle of the night and thinking of ideas like three to 4am is like my prime time, you know, brain time for, for being creative for some reason. So if that happens, then I just open up the app and I, you know, talk into it for a few minutes and close it up. And sometimes when I go back to, uh, to otter to see what i have in there in my little treasure trove some of it's like brilliant and some of it's like what was i talking about so <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the way it was transcribed it's like you you were not fully awake when you decided this was a good idea so um yeah so there's you know you don't have to type it you know even if you're doing social media you know cell phones have the little record button where you can go in and you can talk into your phone and then just double check it, make sure everything's grammatically correct and stuff before you hit upload. So if that's your hang up, it's an easy way around that. Um, so I have uh, two, two things uh, in this topic. One, uh, on the Imagely blog, I this is a, it's an older article and video, but it's still very valid because it hasn't changed. Um, I have a video and article all about Google Doc and doing this in Google Doc oh, cool. and the limitations of it. So um, you can actually see me doing it um, and show there's there's things like punctuation yeah. where you have to say period yep. in order for it to yep. do a period because otherwise it's one giant paragraph. Um, <laughs> so um, there's there's some issues with it. But for the most part, I mean, it's Google's AI. So it, it's very intelligent to figure out what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other, the other thing I want to share, similar to Otter, is another app that you could try, which um, to me, in, in, in my opinion, there's a slight advantage, is Rev.com, who actually does yes. the transcriptions for this podcast. So they have an AI-based, very, very affordable AI-based transcription service, which we use for the episodes. But yeah. you, can, you can actually opt for uh, a human transcription so that it's more accurate. And they have both Android and Apple apps, uh, iOS apps as well, that you can record on your phone and then have a human translate it instead of AI if you want. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't um, know that about the human yeah, with so, Rev. That's great. It is much more accurate. Rev is much more accurate in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Otter is great, of course, um, and also very affordable. I mean, they have free and then they're paid. But, right. Um, but yeah, so, so there's options. I'm going to link to all these in the show notes, so no worries there for anybody who's trying to keep up with this. Um, it'll be in the show notes. Um, okay. So everybody's favorite topic, blogging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's so important for a business, whether, whether 
you know, photographers, believe it or not, it really is important. It, besides from being able to connect with your audience, blogs help you attract new clients. But they're they're not just limited to your website. They can be used in other ways. And by your website, I don't mean just like um, your website overall. I mean, it's not just limited to just blog posts. Can you share ways that you think photographers can repurpose the blog content they're writing so that they can help their business in other ways? Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm big on repurposing. That's my, it's my jam. You know, I, I think that people don't need to reinvent the wheel and not, they don't need to work as hard as they are. Um, when you're blogging and you have some information that's really good, you know, because we're all blogging in kind of shorter paragraphs, phrases, whatever you can go through in a blog. I just actually did it. Uh, just before we got on this podcast, I was just editing um, a blog post for somebody and I pulled out six social media things for her from the blog. I'm like, here you go. Post this with a picture of this. Post this and then add a little bit on here. Post this and tell them why you love photos hanging on your walls. So if you go through your old blogs, and I'm not talking about the client-centered blogs where you blog about somebody's wedding, those you can find nuggets in here and there. I'm talking more about evergreen blogs or blogs you've written about engagement sessions or um, you know, the best place for family photos in Sioux Falls or whatever, you can go through and pull out one of those bullet points. You know, let's take the Sioux Falls, for example, you blog about a park that you really love. And right now it's, you know, it's early summer and the peonies are, are blooming. Go back, pull out that, that little chunk, post it on your social media, and then add a photo from a session you had there. Boom, done out the door. You could do that with every single blog post you do. Uh, the blog post I just referred to where I pulled out five social media posts. I said to her, go in. I want you to schedule these out every Wednesday. Right now for the next five weeks, you have social media content. And she was like, I can do that. And I'm like, yes, you could do that. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. first of all, the people who are reading your blog are probably a different audience than the people that are on your social media. And also, you know, it all moves so fast. Not everyone sees all your content. So just because you've, you know, you're like, well, I don't want to post that on Facebook because I already said it my blog. It's very, it's fine. Go ahead and do it. The people who have seen it twice won't care, but there's a better chance that they haven't seen it at all. I think that's a fantastic way to do it. And um, what one thing they can do once the blog post is published and they start pushing these out on social is... If it's Facebook, for example, don't include the link in the post with the photo, but instead make the first comment being the link right. to the blog post. So people, yeah. you know, who, who care about it are going to check the comments. They're going to see oh, somebody commented. They're going to look at it and say, oh, great. They shared a link to even more about this. Right. Yes. So, yeah. Um, make them so work that's for you. Um, you can even turn yeah. blog content into PDF guides to send your clients. Yes. You can link in them yes. in your response emails. You know, here, oh, I love that venue. Here's a link to a blog where I where I shot it yeah. for Barbie and Ken's wedding. I mean, there's besides the SEO benefits, there's just so <laughs> <Barbie and Ken. laughs> that's always my go to, um, nice. you know, there's so many benefits to blogging. And every time I, I read on, you know, a Facebook board or wherever blogging is dead, I think, oh, you are so, so wrong. You know, it's like right. saying digital yeah. will never catch on. It's not true. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, um, uh, on the topic of creating a PDF, um, I've got a whole course, which I'll link to in the show notes on lead generation for photographers. And 
one of the big part of this is a strategic blogging to the point where you're taking specific blog posts that you're creating and turning them into a lead magnet for um, for existing clients or that you want to get back or new you know new leads that you want to convert to clients. So, That's awesome. You know, so it's another way that you can repurpose. It's not just social media. It's not just um, you know PDFs for clients. It's it's a variety of things. It's emails. It's it's replies. It's a whole slew of, of different things as so many things you can turn them into. So yeah, absolutely. So one thing I like to drill into the image league community is the use of social proof like testimonials. And there's a variety of different social proof type things, but um, I know that you're a fan of testimonials. So can you share your opinions and thoughts on, on these and, and whatnot? I love testimonials because um, they're free copy. <laughs> You know, I mean, <laughs> your clients are literally giving you the words you need to attract other clients like them. And yeah. so yeah. many people feel weird about them. And I do get that. Like, it is weird the first couple times you ask for them. But then once you get them, it almost becomes addictive. I ask everyone for testimonials all the time um, because it's social proof and it's true, right? Like, I didn't make that stuff up. I didn't, you know, I mean, they're not going to give me a testimonial if they didn't really enjoy working with me. And you can use them in so many ways. You can use them in your website. It's a great thing to do. Like if you're not big on writing, you should be putting testimonials on your website. Just in between those pretty pictures of yours, start filling it up with some of the words people have said about you because they're telling your potential client, this is how they made me feel. This is what they did for me. And that person is going to immediately make that brain connection of like, well, I want that. That's how I want to feel. And, you know, beyond on your website, you can use them for social media. Again, going back to that scheduling it out. Um, photographers especially get very hung up on a wall. What if I don't have a photo to go with it? And you don't need a photo, you know, you can make a, a little template in Canva with your logo on it. There's a ton of them in there, you know, make, make kind of a standard one with your logo in there and then just drop them in there, drop the, you know, even if you just a portion of it, and then, you know, you have these little beautiful little badges where people are saying nice things about you that you can, you can post. I, I will say though, that, that if you do have a photo, of the client or a photo that you did for a, that client who left you a, a nice review to, to definitely include it. Um, oh, absolutely. With that, yeah. with that testimonial, but sure. it's not, it's not a hundred percent necessary, but if you have it, uh, it's, you're better to include it. But of if you course. don't, then I do, I do like the, um, the Canva approach for, uh, you know, for various things. Yeah. Makes it easy. Also, um, yeah. They could be great for call to action buttons, you know, the buttons on your site that you put in that say learn more or whatever, you know, hey, just you don't have to use that learn more. <laughs> your template <laughs> will allow you to change the words in there. So uh, one of the things I love to do with those is like um, I had someone who recently said that um, I wrote. Yeah, I was a rad writer or something. I wrote her rad content. She, so underneath that quote by her. I have a call to action button that says, get your rad copy now. So when people click on it, you know, their content. So you can use them in more ways than, than just, you know, bragging about yourself. Like, you know, yeah. so your mom knows you're cool. So I, I have a, one of my testimonials is from another photographer that I've worked with a lot over the years. Um, 
somebody I've known for a long, long time. And he left me a, a nice review years ago just saying Scott is a badass photographer. So I should totally have a button saying yes! get your badass portraits. You should. You should. I mean, because that's that's microcopy. And whenever yeah. you can use that microcopy in unexpected ways, people love it. It makes you seem more human. You know, it just it sets you apart from you know, the other people, because it gives them a little chuckle or, you know, makes them look twice. Yeah. So yeah, use yeah. that stuff. Yeah, that's good. That's, uh, that's really good advice to do. Because those those call to action buttons, they get boring. So, boring. so easily. <laughs> yeah, so. So I want to do a quick, uh, quick shout out to Seishu from Connecticut Headshots. He left a nice review on the podcast. He said a podcast that goes the distance. Scott presents issues and topics in this podcast that are both interesting and important to photographers. And they do so with style and substance. It's one of my favorite podcasts, and I highly rec recommend you listen. So thank you, Seishu, for that uh, nice uh, review on uh, Apple Podcasts. So Kim, tell me, you got a course that you have been working on. Yeah. And by the time that this episode airs, it will probably be out and then ready for everybody, I think. Yeah. Um, Either way, we're going to link to it in the show notes, so it'll be there for everybody to find. But can you share a bit about your course? Because obviously, you know what you're doing when you talk about <laughs> writing. Uh, when You know what you're doing when you're writing. You know, you know you're talking about it so nicely. Um, so, yeah, can you tell yeah. everybody about this course? Sure. So the course idea came from a couple things. You know, first, I do a lot of writing for, obviously, for photographers. And, you know, I as much as I love writing for people, you know, there comes a point unless you are making the big bucks where you have to do some of your own content. And so the idea from the course came from the idea that I wanted to help photographers get over the fact that, you know, that they saw themselves as people who couldn't write. And I'll see it all the time. I'll see these really wonderful things they say on Facebook and I'll be like, what do you mean you can't write? That was great. You know, but it's, it again goes back to what you believe you're good at. So I started uh, the course. It's called write better words to help photographers understand that writing it's a framework, right? Like we're not writing a great American novel. <laughs> we're not Stephen King. You know, when you're writing words on your website and on your social media, it's to connect you with your clients. It's much more personal. And it also has a hint of conversion in there, trying to get those people from being lookers to buyers. So when you follow a framework, it's much less intimidating. Um, also, you know, especially, you know, in the case of the pandemic, where it just happened, a lot of people are pivoting their offers, like they're adding in new things, they're changing the way they're doing business. And you know, unless you have the funds to pay a professional copywriter seven, several thousand dollars every six months to a year to change your copy, you've got to go in there and do your own, you know, and being able to feel secure that what you're saying is coming from the heart and is connecting with your clients. I just think it's, it's so important. It's, you know, I kind of relate it to back in the day when we all had websites that none of us, we couldn't change anything on the back end, right? Like there was no Imagely. You had to pay someone a ton of money, send over the copy. And then if you wanted anything changed, you had to, you know, you had to wait. That's not the case anymore. So, you know, just like, just like anything else, you have to learn how to do something so that you can make those changes on the fly. So the idea is that I wanted them to feel better about their words. Nice. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm looking forward to, uh, 
to learning from you um, as this course gets built out, built out um, and and released to the public. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, f- for um, I don't, I think I might have mentioned this to you, but uh, I am uh, a dyslexic uh, blogger, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, and content creator. So I um, had no idea when you told me that. I was like, really? <laughs> Yeah, so so that's one of the reasons why I stumble when I read, um, and uh, also why I have to run my writing through a bunch of different tools, and then my wife for her red pen as well. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so like uh, I I often I I feel like not only is your course going to help me think more about the the words that I actually type out or write uh, write down. Um, my handwriting sucks, so it'll probably be typing more than anything. <laughs> but um, but I feel like it also helped me um, with the, that disability that I have to to uh, you know to sort of get past it, you know, uh, on top of the tools that I use on a regular basis anyway. So great, um, awesome. for me, I look forward for that, um, and uh, I, I'm sure others will benefit as well. So um, I'm glad that you're doing this. Um, so. Thank you. I am too. It's been fun. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up. I just want to say thank you, Kim, for joining me today. Um, I'm going to link to everywhere people can find you in the show notes. But if you can please share the absolute best place for everybody to find more information about you. Absolutely. If you want to find out more about me and you want to hire me to write the words for you, you can find me at redcurlcreative.com and also on Facebook. Um, If you want to learn more about writing your own words, you can find us on uh, Facebook. We have a private group. It's called Write Better Words for Photographers and Wedding Pros. So just ask to join and I'll let you in. And we post all sorts of free content in there and prompts. Um, Like yesterday, I think I I posted 10 or 12 different blog post ideas for people. So try to give them stuff to, you know, encourage and empower them to come up with their own ideas. So either place, you can find me. Awesome. Um, so you can find uh, all the places to find Kim at the show notes um, and everything else that was referenced in this episode at imagely.com slash podcast slash 107. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast. 